Us and them, yes. More like uterus and them. Okay. All right. All right, enough. Hi, everybody. Welcome on into the Check Your Brain podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, I have syndicated myself on this podcast, if anybody is interested. So, here's what kind of comes down. I'm going to do the kind of the little bit of the business here up front and then everything else coming up after this. If you are listening to this on Patreon, it means you heard this on Tuesday morning. If you're listening to this for free, you've heard it Wednesday morning. So, and I'm also on Locals. So, if you go to cybpod.locals.com. And also subscribe there, just like with Patreon. It's five bucks a month. And you can check out this Check Your Brain podcast, the CYB pod on Patreon. And I do a couple of podcasts a week. I do one with my buddy Chad Zumach on Mondays. So I hope everybody seems to enjoy those because we kind of do a lot of crosstalk. We talk about anything in those. And then my solo podcasts, I kind of touch on what's happening inside the culture. And what's going on nowadays. And my big thing for the last, uh, gosh, how many years when I've been doing media is that it's really interesting how a news cycle forms and how people are, you kind of see this with the memes online of the NPC memes. Now, if you don't know what the NPC meme is, it's these what's called non-playable character, which you would get in a video game. So if you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you see a person walking down the street, you can't play that person. I mean, you could probably, you know, beat them up and kill them, cut off their head, depending on what version of GTA you're playing. Uh, but that is, a, that is a non-playable character, meaning that they are programmed by the computer. And it seems that there is a large chunk of our country, whether our country or our society, who just need to be told what to think and what to believe and what to be offended by and what to focus on, what to fixate on. And it's the new thing. So what's the new thing? Well, COVID's not the new thing anymore. Then it became, remember it was two years ago, it was COVID, COVID, COVID. Then it seemed like those NPCs had the chip taken out of the back of their neck. And then all of a sudden it's now on to racism. It's George Floyd, it's everybody else, Ahmaud Arbery and everything in 2020. Then the chip got replaced by more COVID stuff for a better part of a year, well, through the election time. But then you ended up in 2022 that it was, we're mad at Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan said some things and Joe Rogan said things we don't agree with. Then the chip was replaced by, I stand with Ukraine. (laughs) Then the chip was replaced again with trans lives matter. And then it was replaced by the Roe versus Wade abortion debate. And that's what's been going on the past, well, week. But well, if you if you're listening to this for free, it's over a week that this is the new thing. Some news cycles will cycle things through in eh, about a week. You kind of get through it into the weekend. By Friday, it starts to peter out, and then a new group of topics are brought forth by the Sunday shows, the Meet the Press and Stephanopoulos and every whatever it is. Then we're on to something new. But there are certain subjects that have lasting power through the week of a news cycle. This is one of them. Out of the last few years, you know, you talk about COVID, you talk racism, police brutality, and defunding the police and everything, and then now we have this. This lasted a little bit longer. Especially, you don't see the Ukraine flags as much anymore. Remember, everybody had them in their profile pictures, and I stand with Ukraine, and Putin, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of funny how this is the new thing that we're 
to kind of just focus on for the next however long we're told to until the next thing pops up. I don't think they can scare people with COVID again, in my opinion. Um, I think COVID, now that everybody has gotten it, and uh, so I'm recording this actually, it's going out Tuesday for the Patreon and the locals people, and it's going out for free on Wednesday, so I just saw this come down that it looks like Susan Rice now has COVID. Oh, I'm feeling fine and grateful to be vaccinated and double boosted, Rice said. <laughs> oh, well, good for you. That's just one. You're double boosted. So that means you have two shots originally and two booster shots. But again, this is the NPC feeling of this is what I'm supposed to say. I am grateful. I will mask in certain places and I will do my social distancing. And I thank God for Pfizer. Yeah. Even though y'all got COVID, even though a year ago you set up, you said that if you get remember, this is in April of 2021. If you get this shot, you will not get COVID. How is that not misinformation? Where's Nina Jenkowitz in the Ministry of Truth? When does that pop up? No, no, we're, we're just not going to talk about that. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Where, where's that? Where, when does the misinformation go the other way? But anyways. So, yeah, we are here. It's uh, the definitely into May, the first, uh, well, a little first, well, it's not first full week of May, it's second week of May, and I'm recording this outside, it's gorgeous, it's in the 70s outside of my palatial estates in Ohio, and the things going on when you talk about the Roe versus Wade debate, do we really need to go into the history and what ended up happening, the leak of the document from SCOTUS from a week ago, and everybody needing to sound off. Well, what happens with this debate? Because I know a bunch of people who are listening, especially women who happen to stumble upon this podcast, are like, you do not have the right to talk about abortion. You have no right to talk about, well, anything. Reproductive health and, uh, you know, uh, the body autonomy and individual rights to a person's body. And you notice, by the way, that they're kind of playing with the words and the verbiage right now. Because remember, just a few weeks ago, men can get pregnant too. And in fact, we have pregnant men emojis in uh, my text messages, which I use, of course, all the time. But that's usually because I had a big meal. Tony, how are you feeling after that meal at Ponderosa Steakhouse? And all I have to do is send the pregnant man emoji and say, I am bloated right now. <laughs> it's just fun with it. But then now men, it's not just men. So now they have to go through this whole process. Because this past week we've had Mother's Day. Well, what are mothers? Mothers are women or persons with uteruses or, or persons who had a birthing canal are able to give birth to a child that does not is not old enough to know what gender. And sometimes the doctor makes mistakes when trying to plays gender and sexuality on the child. Uh, Do you realize how absurd it is? So now it's, no, no, no. It's not that men can get pregnant too. It's persons with uteruses or uteri. I don't know. What is it? Uteri? Uteruses? A person with a uterus. So you have to get the, remember, this is part of communism is making sure you control the language. And that's that's what's been going on right now. So it's kind of interesting when you hear about this debate in the last week or so, because we have now spent the last 
two years talking about your body is not your choice, that you need to wear a mask, you need to get your vaccine, you need to do this because it's for the greater good of humanity. Then all of a sudden we decided it was from 1973 until early of 2020, it was, hey, uh, my body, my choice. Then we decided to throw that out the window two years ago, and that carried over into just past Omicron in 2022, where it wasn't your body and it wasn't certainly one your choice especially if you worked at an employer who said, you need to get this or you'll get fired. Then all of a sudden, by, oh, I don't know, late April, early May of 2022, we're back to my body, my choice. So it's, it's good to see that we're being very consistent right now. So, full disclosure here, before I bury the lead, I am indeed what they call pro-life. And there's a lot of reasons why I'm, al I'm allowed to be, by the way. Because we do live in America and we are allowed to have opinions. You know, can you have an opinion on something if you're not black? Yeah, because it's America. Can you have an opinion on something if, if, if you're a woman or a man or whatever the case? Yes, because it's America. We have the capabilities. We have those opportunities. But when they say, no, you shouldn't do that, understand that this is just more forms of censorship. Why, why do you think they want to censor? Why do you think they like to boot people whom they do not like, the regime that does not like, off of social media? Isn't that funny? So if you said something where, hey, by the way, this uh, vaccine is starting to, I don't know, I'm noticing a little bit of a pattern. Well, you get thrown off social media. So even though it's now you're seeing a pattern and things are happening in Vera's data and everything, whatever. But it's kind of interesting how, the, with that flow of information, that it just, it's amazing what it is that who can sound off on what issue. And it's kind of, so what I like to do, it's, I don't always like to be in a bubble of people who believe in what I believe. So I, I hate the terms of terminating a pregnancy and reproductive rights. Well, what do you mean reproductive rights? You're not reproducing. In fact, you're trying to stop the reproduction <laughs> if you are going to get an abortion. I also don't like the fun with statistics. I don't like the fun with the... Um, it, and, I, and I use fun in quotes, by the way, when I say that. But it's just when they say... When, when I hear Elizabeth Warren, you know, when she's not like, uh, you know, pretending she's Native American or wanting, wanting to, I'm going to have me a beer. Where's my husband? He's going to get me a beer right now. And then she's so angry. I'm so angry right now. I can't believe white supremacists must fight my people. And she's sounding off on all this. And like, all right, all right. That's okay. I get it. But when they start talking about the, the anecdotals, and I'm somebody that, and I've mentioned this on my Patreon, and my supporters on Patreon, or patrons, I guess, know this when I say this. I do not deal in anecdotals anymore. I'm done. I'm done dealing with anecdotals. Because I, I dealt with that during COVID. When you say, by the way, uh, the vast majority of people who die of COVID are people who are elderly, have several comorbidities, which also include being obese. And all of a sudden you hear from people that are the, you know, the branch Covidians that say, uh, that's not true. Now, my cousin has a friend whose sister is, has an uncle whose wife, but second wife, got COVID. 
and was perfectly healthy and died or is in the hospital and is on a ventilator. And you're like, that's an anecdotal. But oh, but perfectly. No, no, no. That's an anecdotal. What is the hard concrete evidence right now? The hard concrete evidence is this disease is drastically affecting people who are old and unhealthy. That's what it is. That's not an anecdotal. That is the data. So then when you start hearing about the abortion debate, and when it's brought up during presidential debates like Mitt Romney having to talk about that 10 years ago in 2012, well, if you're so pro-life, Senator Romney, what if a woman is raped? Or what if the woman is a product of incest? Do, do you know the real statistic of rape and incest when it comes to abortions? is less than 1%. So we're talking about this gray area that gets brought up during presidential debates when is not even it's not even on the radar screen. Does it happen? Sure. Is it sad? Yeah, it's tragic. It's horrible. I understand that. But for us to start fixating on and talking about this whole debate dealing with a minor anecdotal when we all know what the vast <laughs> like the 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 absolute evidence of this is 92%. But we're having to deal with that sliver of less than 1% in talking about this when you talk about Roe versus Wade in the abortion debate. So, I always like to look at the other side, because as somebody who did grow up Catholic, straight away a little bit, has been a kind of a, a little bit of a lapsed Catholic, to be honest, I'm, I, because I don't like how I, I don't like how, what the Jesuits are doing to the Catholic Church. Um, and a lot of what's going on, very globalist in my opinion, and the Catholic Charities, what they're doing with illegal immigration. I, you know, I, I kind of look around at, I, I don't want to just be in my circle, because it's nice, a lot of people like being in their, their circle, but I kind of want to see what the other side is saying about this. And I got to say, it's, there's not a lot of sensibility I'm hearing from the pro-abortion angle. I don't say pro-choice. Pro-choice is, okay, you can get an abortion, but you can also not get an abortion. And your you have the choice to put a vaccine in your arm or a mask on your face or this and that. That's ultimately pro-choice. You can say, well, you're not pro-life if you're for the death penalty. Fine. Fine. But I'm not going to play your linguistic game. You're pro-abortion is what you are. You are a, you are a pro-abortionist. That's what happens. That's how I'm going to lay it out right now. I'm not going to mince words. So when I see what's what's happening on the other side and some of these arguments, because, again, if we're talking about the, the, time, the term limits and rape and incest anecdotals, whatever, I, I, I'm prepared for that. But then when I see just the absolute depravity, just, just being so depraved over this, is, it's unconscionable that people actually do this and they they associate with people in real life can you believe this so this was from a few days ago i'm going to bring up uh, some tweets and i'm going to play some audio throughout this podcast and it's not it's to uh, yes it's to drive home my point too but it's to kind of showcase that this debate 
is kind of just like with you know even I think even more than racism and I think what it's what's going on right now is that this is not going to be as big of a player when you talk about the political ramifications believing that when Elizabeth Warren goes out there and says more than three quarters of the people in this country support a woman's right to choose you know okay well let's break that down because then you start talking okay if you are playing with the statistics women you know by the way half half the women out there are also pro-life they're against this this isn't just a breaking down between genders this is across the board here and then you start breaking it down of how far along we're talking about the acceptability because i think there's a lot of people we'll hear from joe rogan and a couple others during this podcast where they say i understand to a certain point but if you have people like Tim Ryan, this moron from Ohio. You have the, your own, the president of the United States and Joe Biden. You had Ralph Northam, whether he was putting a Klan hood on and or he was wearing blackface and moon moonwalking like he was Michael Jackson. Not only feels that it's a woman's right to choose to kill her baby at any point during the pregnancy, including nine months. Or, as Ralph Northam suggests, or I was talking about in the that radio interview from a few years ago, that if the baby's on the table and a woman still doesn't want it, well, the baby can't really think for itself and is crapping itself and it's not big. It can probably do something about that. That's infanticide. That's that's fourth trimester abortion. That's how can you how can you be the party who believes that that's acceptable? But. The left is rapidly losing their minds, and we'll, we'll play that throughout this podcast. So, Supreme Court decision came down. Well, it wasn't. It didn't even come down. It leaked. It should be coming down right now, just based on principle. So, this is Simon Gwynn had this. This was last week. Interesting real-life trolley problem in America right now. If you, Listen here. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court judges, would you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? Now, if you don't know what a, a, a trolley problem is, it's one of those, we like to call them would-you-rather type of, you know, when you're drinking, you're playing beer pong or something, and you, would you rather ha- cut your arm off uh, or cut your leg off? Well, I don't know, I mean, my arm... So this person who's a blue check mark on social media, Simon Gwynn, not related to Tony or Fred, and of course has the Ukrainian flag emoji there. It's interesting as an abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you're terminally ill and have little to lose yourself, but know that it could save many women's lives in the future. So what are you suggesting here, Simon Gwynn? Are you saying that if somebody who is terminally ill but wants to be a hero for the Republic goes and murders a Supreme Court justice because it's going to save the... You think it's going to save the lives of women everywhere? Come on. Come on. We're, we're, at FBI right now, please go check on this, this gentleman here. At least I think I don't want to misidentify him. Simon Gwynn. Here's another, by the way. Let's, let's go into this one. So I was looking at this woman who uh, has since deleted her Twitter. This is a woman who writes for some publication. Uh, I don't know. i got to pull that up in a little bit. 
It's a woman named Carolyn Riley, who apparently has a blue check mark, uh, had like 13,000 followers, and basically posts pictures of her cleavage. Not only fans level, but like pictures of her cleavage, like how, how great do I look today? And then I'm going to tweet about abortion next. So New York, this came up on Sunday, May 8th. New York Times says the headquarters of an anti-abortion group in Madison, Wisconsin, was set on fire Sunday morning in an act of vandalism that included the attempted use of a Molotov cocktail and graffiti that read, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either, police said. Now, Carolyn Riley says more of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground. Now, as I take a sip of my beverage here, am I all for, as somebody who considers himself pro-life or anti-abortion, whatever you want, a linguistics game we want to play today, do I condone the murder of Kermit Gosnell? No. I mean, I think he should seek justice, or, you know, the justice system should take care of him in whatever way, but I'm not going to go to his home and murder him. The same way I don't agree with going to George Tiller's home and murdering him on his doorstep. It really, it's tough to be in the pro-life movement and you're taking the, I get it, he took the lives of innocent babies and you're going to take his life in return. Not very Christian, but I, I see why you would think that. I don't agree with that and I, in fact, I could, I, I do not condone such an action to murder somebody like a, an abortion doctor like George Tiller. However, the other side doesn't feel that way. Feels that we need more of this because you are taking away our right to murder babies, so we're going to try to murder you. Some are, of course, saying that this is uh, absolutely a, a hoax, that, uh, that somebody who was in that movement, the anti-abortion movement, tried to uh, didn't damage anything, just set a little bit of a fire just to show a message and to play the victim. Regardless of whether that was true, it's funny how the people who supported Jussie Smollett a few years ago are all of a sudden now wanting to call out hate hoaxes. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, let me see here. Oh, yes. So, uh, where should I go? Oh, yeah, uh, that same woman, Carolyn Riley, back on May 6th, posted a whole thing, even a video about in order for Mother's Day, says, Thanks to my mom, I've been pro-abortion since childhood. This Mother's Day, I'm thanking my mother for teaching me about abortion when I was a kid. And it was this whole story. I, I don't even want to get into the article. It was just like, well, when a woman doesn't want to have a child uh, when she's pregnant, she can go to a place and get that taken care of. Like, wow, great message, Mom. Way to go. While your daughter is showing her cans on... <laughs> I'm trying not to curse today, is showing herself off on uh, on social media and trying to get some click clicks and, uh, I don't know, some clout online. Uh, it's just, I, I don't get it, man. Um, this is Alex Falcone, another blue check mark that I responded to last week, said, this is a change of tone for me on here, but I don't think anybody actually believes fetuses are people. I think they're lying. There are almost 1, 000, 1 million miscarriages a each year in America. It happens to almost everybody, but we're not constantly getting invited to the funerals. Nobody who says abortion is murder is out carrying signs that say, and miscarriages are suicide. Nobody who says a fetus is life 
uh, is a life that God wanted to bring into the world, talks about how a million times a year he just uh, changes his mind. These are people who think they're intelligent. This is what Matt Getz was saying last week about the overeducated and underloved women. Now, this is a man who's posting this. Of course, he's, I think he's a writer for Portlandia or some hipster shows that nobody really watches anymore. He thinks he's being poignant about it, where you say, well, if abortion's murder, then aren't miscarriages suicide? No. Next. <laughs> wow. Andrew Sullivan is getting beat up on this uh, subject, by the way. Andrew Sullivan, who also was getting beat up recently because he was on Jon Stewart's low-rated, low-watched, and I think it might even be canceled, show where he just does these Maoist struggle sessions where he's like, how can we... And has this whole writer's room where they're all BIPOCs and, and NBs. That's the other one. Uh, uh, Non-binaries. They're called NBs. Not to be confused with Arby's. <laughs> Andrew Sullivan... It was actually a pretty, you know, level-headed kind of guy. I mean, I don't agree with him on a lot, but had some interesting takes. And he says, what Roe did was kickstart the extreme cultural polarization that is, uh, that has long defined, uh, misspelled, long defined and blighted American politics. Maybe the end of Roe can mark the beginning of a return to living together and negotiating a way to make that bearable. And of course, he's getting ratioed and beat up over that, but I agree with it. Why are we so fixated on national politics? Why are we so fixated on national issues? You, you do realize that the president, whoever you vote for for the president of the United States, does less for you in your life than your local councilman. We don't have, we just had a, a mid, uh, um, an election just the other day, and the turnout was embarrassing, at least in my neck of the woods. I think it was like a 15, it was between 15 and 20% turnout when it came to the voting. For the, for the primaries. So you're not going out there, but you're just so emboldened for who's president because we are, as people, like sports fans. So we treat politics as sport, is what it is. I want my team and my guy to win, and I want your guy and your team to lose. It's pretty, it's pretty childish if you think about it. But we don't care about our local elections. We don't care about our mayors and our councilmen and... Uh, it's it's just you know who the who the sheriff is in the county, it's it's amazing. But we care about who the president is because he doesn't say mean things. Any it's it's amazing. We do need to go back in time. We need to go start looking at, hey, maybe we should start focusing on localism as opposed to the national politics of the day. Uh, I'm going through more of these tweets. Uh, this is another moron here. This is Nona Willis Aronowitz. Okay. Nona, at Nona on Twitter, says, We don't talk enough about how it doesn't effing matter what random people think about abortion cutoffs because most people are not doctors and have no idea how it works or why someone would seek a 20-week abortion. It's deeply weird to me uh, to poll voters about medical uh, procedures. So you don't think that people kind of get a little bit upset when you have what's essentially a full-grown baby inside of you and you decide to murder it? I mean, it, you can be pro-choice. You can be somebody that believes in certain terms. But you realize, when they say that, why does it matter the term difference? What, six weeks to 40 weeks. What's the big difference? What's the difference? I mean, there's pretty big difference here. You know, obviously 40 and being facetious and everything, but it doesn't matter to them that 
for them, the plan B pill or an abortion pill is, you know, what's the difference? Like, that's why you notice that they're not saying anything, because remember what Joe Biden said just not that long ago. This was the Democrat Party platform. So one of their positions they had for decades was safe, legal and rare. Even Joe Biden, who is just basically all he is, he's a cadaver in an empty suit right now. This is all it is for Joe Biden right now is nothing more than a lifetime achievement award. He is he's grandpa in the wheelchair with the with the flannel blanket over his lap right now. He's got the gold watch and being president right now is just a lifetime achievement award for being a very good democrat for 50 years. His position, like the, the entire Democrat party back in the day was safe, legal and rare. That ultimately they would prefer uh, in a perfect world we wouldn't need abortion, but in the cases that we have mentioned over time, or we don't even need to get into it, we would prefer it at a certain point where it doesn't, you're not having a full-grown baby that you are murdering, that this is, quote-unquote, a clump of cells, and we would like it to be safe and legal. Now it's safe, legal, and whatever the F I want it to be. No, it doesn't need to be rare. Now, I think a lot of people feel, and, and this was an interesting poll that I read this week, that there's a large chunk of Americans who are not well-read on this subject, that they believe that when Roe versus Wade, it, it, when, I, I don't even say, not even going to say if, because we'll get into the protests, when it gets overturned, what it does is it brings it back to the states. But there's a lot of Americans who believe that Roe versus Wade, if it gets taken down by the Supreme Court, that this ends up becoming banned, that if you ever get an abortion, you will be arrested for murder. Well, maybe in some areas that could be the case, but we have this little thing called federalism. And I talked about this. So if you're, if you listen to my podcast, you probably heard me talk a little bit about this last week on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur is that what it does is we have this little thing called federalism or states rights and you bring it to the states. So if you're in a very hardcore it, where the red is crimson is blood red, how deep Republican you are there's probably a good opportunity and possibility that you probably won't be able to get an abortion in those areas. But here's what happens, is that Montana is much different from New York. So if Montana, for example, says, I don't care where you are in this state right now, you cannot get an abortion because we have brought it to the states, we brought it to the voters, the voters said no for abortion. So if you really need to get one, all you need to do is go on a little road trip then. Go to California. Go to New York. Move to New York. In fact, the Pritzker, Governor Pritzker from Illinois, basically said, yeah, if you want your abortions, come on over to Illinois. We're not banning it. Then go for it. This is part of that national divorce. If you don't like where you're living because your state operated in some way, and I, I, I felt this way during COVID. I thought Ohio was embarrassing at the beginning. I thought Mike DeWine, the rhino Republican, wanted to be this guy's like, oh, I'm going to reach across the aisle like my hero John McCain did. When in reality, he just ticked off just everybody at that point. Um, it just, it, it, I was not happy with Ohio and I wanted to leave Ohio. And that's what ends up happening is that this would go to the states. This does not ban abortion nationwide. What it does is it brings it to the states. So if you're in California and you're, and you're mad about the Roe versus Wade being taken down why, why does it matter to you you get you get abortion anytime 
California will probably say, you know, you could probably abort five-year-olds. I'm being facetious, of course. Don't, you know, don't, the Ministry of Truth wants to quote me on misinformation there, but I'm being facetious. I'm a comedian. I do this kind of stuff. If you wanted to murder your baby that bad, you have that opportunity. You have that luxury in California. Go for it. Be my guest. I don't like it. I would prefer not to, but that's called states' rights. And if the voters decide that that's what they want, then that's what they can get. In fact, Florida, of all places, you know, Ron Death Santis, actually is pretty lenient on their abortion ban after I think it's like 15 weeks. Texas is like six. And then some places like Mississippi will just say, no, it ain't happening here. But if you want, go to California. Go to California, get your heroin, and get your abortion. So, shout your abortion. Oh, we'll get into that here. Is that it for the tweets? Um, okay, let's talk about the protests right now. So, they're not just protests. It's it's not like... And here, I'm going to be pretty consistent with this. I don't like protests. I don't like going to protests. I don't like protests in general. I don't think they're that effective. Uh, if anything they do a lot of harm um but i get it and i get the peaceful right to a protest you know a mostly peaceful protest of course um but there's it and, and i say this because i know family members i know people who protest in front of planned parenthood i don't like that because i having the humanity in me this is this is one where i'm not a cold I, I may be cold in a lot of ways but there is a little bit of humanity and i just i get really uncomfortable when i when i'm driving by and i see a planned parenthood and i see these you know they show the picture of the the fetus and what happens during the abortion i i get it i don't like that in my opinion i because you have a girl who's 20 years old and whatever her reasoning for the abortion is i i don't think that's bringing her to your side i think if anything she's ashamed but she also hates you she also detests you like she may she may not get it done or she may still get the operation but she's going to look at that and say these people don't like me because of my life choices so screw them so i i don't like those i get why you do that but uh protesting in front of an abortion clinic against abortion i don't i don't I just don't like it. It's just not me. I'm not saying don't do it. I know you're being peaceful about it, mostly peaceful. And certainly if you see an abortion doctor, you know, have the law try them if need be, but don't don't take matters into your own hands like George Tiller. So you have the protests over the weekend, but they're not just protests. Remember, let's go back to a few months ago, back in November, when the Kyle Rittenhouse trial was going on up in Wisconsin. And you had that judge that uh, who was fantastic. He was that he was your typical Midwestern. He had that Wisconsin accent. It was great. He did the whole "Don't get brazen with me." And you had the that attorney who was wearing his little star, Starfleet insignia. Just he was his typical Antifa attorney. Didn't know how to hold a gun during the whole thing. It was just it was embarrassing. But not only that, what happened leading up to the verdict? You had an and I believe it was an NBC News reporter. They said a freelance reporter. You know what? Following along the jury van. Now, what purpose do you have to follow a jury van back to the hotel or back to wherever they're staying? You're intimidating 
the jury. What you're doing is you're trying to get their faces out there so they're going to be afraid of the court of public opinion and be harassed into possibly changing their vote based on that public pressure. That's intimidation, and that is wrong. Well, that was going on over the weekend, and it was being encouraged by our faithful media. So Bill Crystal, who is a neocon moron, who is all fine with sending us into all the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and probably wants to send us into Russia to invade and defeat Putin and everything. Bill Crystal does not know a war that he hasn't wanted us to get into in the last 45 years. Bill Crystal did say, wow, finally a sensible thing, says, please don't protest at people's homes. Please don't intrude on their uh, on people attending their houses of worship. And he goes on. Now, this Wajahat Ali, who I think used to do some stuff with CNN, says right-wing Supreme Court is overturning women's right to privacy. Also, Republicans said that Jan 6, violent insurrection was a legitimate protest. Neighbors choosing to engage in nonviolent protests to save the rights of the majority is perfectly legitimate response. So, you get another person who is trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices into doing their bidding. That's what the that's what is going on right now. So here is a little bit of that video, the mob outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house here. So I'm gonna play this as I switch on over in my audio. Okay, so yeah, it's a mob of people outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home. And feeling that, uh, look, you know, so what? So what, we're, we're going to harass you. We're going to harass Tucker Carlson at his house. We're going to harass this person, whatever. Why does it matter? You're taking away the rights. You're not taking away the rights. No, no. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to intimidate the Supreme Court. And who knows? Who knows where it goes? Where do we go? But our media has a lot of malfeasance going on right now, like in, including, uh, yeah, no, it's okay about the leaker. You talk about the leaked document. Who leaked it? And, of course, there's conspiracy theories onto that leaked document from SCOTUS, from Alito. And so some are saying, oh, could it be a clerk in, in Justice Sonia, Sonia Sotomayor's office? Or could this have been Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas, in order to pressure people, that this could be one where she's trying to get more people uh, ticked off and upset of what's going on. So there's a lot of, but I think a lot of people seem to be praising the leaker, even though I, I don't think Joe Biden, I don't think our president has said anything about condemning the leak, that this shouldn't be happening. You didn't hear about that from Jen Psaki, the press, the outgoing press secretary, who, by the way, is going over to MSNBC, which, by the way, I'm going to play a little clip from MSNBC. This is a guest over on MSNBC. And just, just listen to this, how I, I keep using the word depraved and satanic all this is, and it's just it, it's just disgusting here, this rhetoric. So, I mean, here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the leaker. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person because that person is a <laughs> hero to me. Is this Captain Jenks from Howard Stern that this is just a prank? You're going to make sweet love? Well, yeah, well, make sure you have some contraceptions. Contraceptive there. 
okay? And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative, if the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. I probably didn't. Um, it Wow, that's just, it's edgy. That's edgy material right there from Lori Kilmartin there. Wow. Yeah, if it's a leaker, I like to get pregnant and then abort the baby. That's not the only kind of, dep again, I know I'm playing things from one side of this, but I just, I don't see a sensible conversation going on. I mean, you're, you're talking about shout your abortion. You're seeing women who are having t-shirts that said, I've had 21 abortions. Look at me. Wow, is that really something to be proud of? You, you don't like wearing condoms? You don't like the guy wearing condoms? Yeah, who, who does? But understand, every time you are having some kind of sexual intercourse, that there is a, might be very slim possibility, but a possibility that you can get pregnant from it. Are you taking the precautions or are you just getting drunk and just going in willy-nilly and not caring about the consequences? So this is um, just, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is... Okay, okay. Well, as I look at this, what is going on is that you have somebody who's protesting who has a pad under... I, I can't tell of the gender of this individual, but uh, it's, a, it's a person of African-American descent. <clears throat> it has a, has a pouch under the person's shirt to make it look like they're pregnant, and then has a baby doll and is smashing the baby doll on the, the concrete. And you have people saying, shout your abortion. You know, I, I, here, I'll play a little bit more until I just get even more annoyed. He definitely aborts his baby. Right. I, as somebody who does stand-up comedy and has worked in drama in a little little bit of ways of doing some theater. I understand performance art. I know it's supposed to be shocking. And I'm, I'm not offended by this, by the way. But I'm just saying, it's not really bringing a lot of people over to your side. If you're going to be in the street, and you have people shouting, thank God for abortion, and you're there in costume, laying on the ground like you're, like you're in, in stirrups, in that position, and smashing baby dolls on the ground. Do you really think that there's going to be sensible people that were kind of on the fence on this topic, where they're like, look, I'm kind of pro-choice, I don't think that, you know, do you re people are going to look at that and go, ugh, I don't want to align with that. Like, you think this is going to be your big winner to get people into the polls in November? I don't think it's bringing people your way. I think it's going to drive people the opposite way. They're going to say, huh, maybe Texas has the right idea right now. I mean, this is, it's, it's disgusting. This is, it, it, <sighs> but these, these are the people that the media all, 
are celebrating. You know, celebrate your abortion. I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing. And then, and then you know, you talk about that intimidation that goes on. Here's, uh, this is Laura Jarrett on CNN is defending uh, going out in front of the homes and, and intimidating people. I mean, it's just, it's, and you're talking about civility. They just throw that out the window here. And, and this is a question about civility. The frustration people feel is personal. But where's the line? Obviously, what we see, the, the apparent arson at, a, um, at, at an anti-abortion nonprofit in Wisconsin is over the line. Violence is always over the line. But there are real questions and conversations today about protests outside Supreme Court justices' houses, particularly Justice Kavanaugh. Um, where do you think that line is? I think for a lot of people, the, a conversation about civility feels um, like it misses the mark mm. when constitutional rights that you believe that you had for over 50 years are about to be overturned. The justices have security. So far, all of the protests have seemed overwhelmingly nonviolent. Uh, are... Overwhelm- By the way, overwhelmingly nonviolent. And, oh, they have security. Kind of sounds like when all the businesses got smashed in 2020. Oh, they have insurance. It's okay. Don't worry about it. They're mostly peaceful protests. But uh, civility. By the way, these are the same people who, for a year and a half now, have talked about January 6th and social norms and everything and uh, and the right to protest and this and that. And you go, eh, I don't think you really have the right here. I mean, every, again, everybody has the right, but I, I just I don't get this. I don't get this mindset. But this is, again, this is put forth in the media, and they're trying to rile up the voters. Does this, does this carry way? carry all the way to November to get people into the polls because here's here's the plain truth I think this is what's going on the the average people the average person who might waver a little bit on the pro-life pro-choice issue are looking at their gas tank right now and are looking at their shopping bill and they're looking at their energy bill and they're looking at everything else that has gone way 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 up they're not concerned about abortion. That's not a big thing. Especially if you have a family. You already have kids at home. You know, you actually went through the, the process of the pregnancy as opposed to terminating it. I mean, it, people, you know, this is why COVID kind of, I mean, let's be honest. COVID kind of went away because, A, everybody kind of got it. If you didn't get COVID before, and I got it before, I got Delta. But if you didn't get Delta, you probably got Omicron. A lot of people got Omicron, whether you're vaccinated or not. So it was hard to keep the push for COVID restrictions and vax mandates and everything going on. And especially when people are going, I'm paying $5 for gas at the pump right now. Why do I care about having the sniffles? In fact, people probably would want to lick, a, lick the gas pump. They want to lick the handle at the gas pump with hopes that they can get COVID so they don't have to drive for a week. <laughs> so they don't have to deal with putting $120 into their gas tank right now just because they can be sick for they would rather have the sniffles than fill their gas tank the cost of goods and services are way up right now and they're not going down It. I saw gas today in my neck of the woods in Ohio for $420 $420 or $419 I should say let's be real here $419 for gas and we're, we're going to talk about abortion? 
as being this major issue to drive people to the polls. All it's doing is getting your MSNBC, your CNN, and your Elizabeth Warren type of feminists out to the polls, but they were already going to vote against it. So it's not getting your average voter, and especially when you're doing performance art of laying on your back and smashing baby dolls and saying, thank God for abortion. You really think that's going to be a winner for you politically? No. How about socially? It's just going to want to make people go, yeah, no, I'm, I don't want to deal with these nutcases anymore. This is bad. This is just, it's, it's truly bad. <sighs> then we have uh, the, you have, uh, let's see, this is an editor. This is, what's her name? Her name is Renee Bracy Sherman. And uh, she has a thing called Abortion Stories. She's an ED co-author countering abortion splaining, which I'm sure she probably would have a field day with my podcast today. She's repped by whatever. Uh, she's the Beyonce of abortion storytelling. And so her, her shtick is that she wears a T-shirt that says, I had an abortion. So here she is. Here she is on, uh, well, of course, MSNBC. And just going through the whole talking points right now. This is just this is just classic psyop kind of stuff. Want to charge people who get abortions with homicide? If states begin to target patients as opposed to just simply targeting the doctors and people that drive you to an appointment, would that allow them to start arresting people and pregnant people who use medication abortion pills they get in the mail? The sad fact is that they have arresting us for years. They've been arresting people who are uh, having suspicion of self-managing their abortions, who experience miscarriage, stillbirth. They are arresting us. What's going to happen? Source? Do you have a source? Hey, Nina Jankowitz, Ministry of Truth. I think I have one for you. We're going to continue to do that. They have always lied when they said they would never arrest us. Our nation is just in love with the criminal system and tries to appear issues of health care and poverty with policing. So that is why, if we are pro-choice, we need to call for the defunding of police and we need to call for the ending of criminalization of pregnancy overall. You notice how she threw that in there, defunding police. So all it is is talking points. These are all leftist talking points they're throwing out there. You notice that that's what Eric Swalwell, if he's not farting on microphone or having sex with his uh, Chinese spy, <laughs> he's, he's just saying some of the dumbest points ever. And they keep doing the they keep talking about Obergefell and, well, does that mean that gay people will be arrested for holding hands? And does this mean that interracial couple, it'll be illegal to have interracial marriage? No. No, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. But yes, abortion stories. Yes, that's what it, that, that, again, not bringing people to your side. If you're somebody who's in the middle on this subject and you're bludgeoning them in the head with shout your abortion stories, I'm sorry, you're going to make more people pro-life. You're going to make way more people pro-life nowadays, especially with the fact that there are so many more opportunities for you to, for contraception, there's a little thing called pulling out. There's condoms. There's birth control. There's plan B. There is plan B out there. You can do that. And by the way, at, at, I don't think it should be illegal, and I don't think it's a form of abortion. It's not. 
in, in, my, in my humble opinion, and it shouldn't be banned, no matter what you hear that Mitch McConnell would say or anybody else in uh, Arizona, it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not a thing. There's opportunities. You don't have, guys, I'm going to be very nice when I say this. You don't have to bust in her. We can, you can say that. It's a PG podcast right now. You don't, that probably pushed it to PG-13, but you don't have to complete the act while you're you can pull the car out and drive if you need you know what I mean you don't have to put the car in the garage and then put it in park <laughs> it's just it's I, I, I don't understand how difficult this is but apparently it is um, here's Joe Rogan talking about this this I think it's a pretty sensible take that he's been talking about this. You know, it's just, I just don't like, you know, I don't like people telling other people what they can and can't do, but it gets weird when the baby gets like six months old. You know, it gets weird when they're really, really pregnant because in some states for the longest, I don't, I don't know what the rules are now, but I know that some states had late-term abortions. And sometimes you need one for medical reasons, right? Like the woman could die if she gives birth. Like it's a decision that people have to make. Well, if you look back, what was your favorite part of being a fetus? Ah. Well, what was your favorite part of being three? You know, should I be able to shoot you at three because uh, I don't want to take care of you anymore? <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like I am 100% for a woman's right to choose. But as a human being, just as a, just a person observing things, there's a big difference between a little clump of cells and a fetus with an eyeball and a beating heart. And for anybody to pretend there's not is it's you're not doing any. But argument. where do you draw the line? Right, where do you draw the line? Yeah, yeah, that's the question. And it's a it's a what I it's what I call a human issue. It's a very complicated issue. It's so fraught with emotion. And so that's a sensible take from somebody who has long time considered themselves pro-choice. Because my conversation today, that I'm my rant that I've had in this podcast, and I appreciate you folks if you're still listening right now. My whole goal with this is not to bludgeon you with my point of view. Because I, I'm sure you can go on to other podcasts and hear people talk about, you know, how insane the pro-life people are and all the dumb things that they are saying. And I'm sure that there's probably some dumb things that they are saying right now. But in my opinion, this is my podcast and you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to take my advice. You, can, you could have turned it off two minutes in as soon as I said the, the A word is I, I think a lot of people like somebody like Joe Rogan, who the reason he has his popularity is because he's pretty, I don't want to say middle of the road, but he's a, he's a guy who has questions. He asks questions. He's inquisitive. And he's a what they call a classical liberal. He smokes pot. He goes hunting for his own food and... You know, he's he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. He was also a uh, he's also a supporter of Ron Paul. So the you know you're talking about somebody who is to the left of center, but they're asking these questions. Well, when you have images and you have people on mainstream media shouting their abortions, you have to even believe even some liberal people are looking and going, God, you're really not doing us favors right now. 
you are really, really making it difficult for us. Because otherwise, you know, we're trying to get this message out there. We believe in a woman's right to choose. You know, you go through the, the whole thing. You know, reproductive rights and, you know, a woman can, you know, reproductive privacy. And, but then you go, gosh, when you have people on, on TV saying, I've had 18 abortions on a T-shirt... I mean, at some point, you just got to scratch your head and go, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing? This is, this is just getting to that level of, is this going to be a winner for us socially? And forget the political aspect, because I think the, I think what's going on is the Democrats realize with the, with the way the gas prices are. I mean, my wife just the other day told me she, she went to Aldi of all places and said that. A grocery, a small grocery bill that two years ago, well, let's say three years ago, let's say pre-pandemic, would have cost 50 bucks was double. And it's not like we're going to get, like, the, we're going to Aldi. <laughs> it's Aldi, for God's sake. And it's up, uh, so we, we have to start looking at cutting back certain things. Do you know who's also doing that? Most of America. Americans in November care more about how they're going to put gas in their cars and food in their, the mouths of themselves and their families and keeping a roof over their head. People care more about that stuff. So if you're on TV talking about shout your abortion or you're on TV talking about I don't, even if you've been vaccinated uh, and got COVID, you still need to keep getting shots. And it, it, they don't care about those issues. You care about dinner table issues, coffee table. I, I think it's dinner table. It's what you talk about at dinner with your family. Gosh, can you believe how much gas costs today? Man, I, how much you? $75. Gosh, I was over 90 What about you? 115 Oh, man. It's amazing. The, and they don't... So they have to cut back on certain things. So then we're going to have... It, we're not even... We have inflation. We're going to have a recession pretty soon. Stagflation. It's going to be a recession. It's just when. When is it going to be? Could be as early as the summer. So... People care more about those issues right now. It's not as big of a thing right now when you're talking about um, uh, uh, with the whole abortion debate. It's just I, I, I don't I don't see it being as big of a winner as you think it would be for some of you who are s taking Cabbage Patch dolls and slamming them in the street and doing performance art. I'm sorry, it just doesn't seem like a winner to me. And I don't see it's a winner for anybody. I think it's just sad. I think it's pretty... Tra I think the whole thing is tragic that we're even talking about this, that we've gotten to this point. But I think people need to read up on the issues. They need to, quote-unquote, do their own research and realize that there's a lot more to this story. So, all right. I uh, I think I'm going to wrap this podcast up if I haven't pissed off all the women who are listening to this. I, <laughs> But I appreciate you folks listening, and thank you for uh, listening to me, whether it's on Patreon or iHeart, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everything like that, or on Locals, where I'm at, at cybpod.locals.com. Thanks, everybody, and I will, uh, if you follow me on those platforms, the Locals and Patreon, I will have a new episode for you Wednesday, which is Wednesday the 11th. I had to look that up, because I forgot what day it is. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and I will talk to you fine folks very soon, please. Please take care of yourselves out there.